You're listening to the City World Radio Network, high-definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world, www.cityworldradio.com. Welcome to Morph Mom Moments. It's a very special night tonight. I'm here with my amazing guest, Suzanne Curry, co-producer of the movie Equity, Um, a movie that is absolutely transforming, phenomenal, women-based, women writers, women actors, women producers, women-focused, and it's a a Wall Street thriller um, based about women. (laughs) I really can't say more about it. I did my homework tonight. We went to see the movie prior to the show with a bunch of women, and it is fascinating, amazing, on the edge of your seat, exciting, and I just can't say enough about it. Um, before we get started, for those of you just joining us tonight, I want to just give you a quick introduction, and I apologize to those who have come back to the show. Bear with me for, I promise, just a few minutes. And for those new to the show, again, it's called Morph Mom Moments. I'm Kathleen Smith. I started Morph Mom about four years ago. Basically, I used to be a prosecutor. Which, by the way, when you go to see the movie, there is a female uh, Manhattan DA in the movie, and I found the role really interesting, and it was so exciting to see how that role developed. But um, she was much more successful than I ever was (laughs) in my career. But um, about seven years in, I'd had two of my three kids. I stopped. Thirteen years later, thought I'd go back. Didn't quite work out the way I thought it was going to go. Sort of had to figure out what to do. And rather than reinvent the wheel, I came up with Morph Mom, where I went out and documented women's stories, what they had done, how they did it, the steps they took, things that worked, things that didn't work as well. Um, And I documented them on MorphMom.com. And it's M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com. And you'll see we have over 600 videos and interviews of women all over the country and beyond, actually, and who tell their stories about what they've done and how they did it. And you can connect with these women as well. And since then, um, I've also started to write for the Huffington Post. I have a column where I share these stories because they really are amazing. Um, I also, uh, we are now holding classes around the country. We have cocktail parties around the country and with the the focus of just connecting women. Um, And now we have this radio show, which is so much fun. And again, in line with Morph Mom and connecting women, um, Equity falls completely in line with that mission as well. And Suzanne, that's why I'm so excited to have you here tonight, because the movie itself, all about women and and what women can do and what women together can do, um, it really falls in line with Morph Mom and what we do. So again, I'm just so thrilled to have you. And by the way, my co-host, Lisa Berkery, is here now too. Um, But Suzanne, 
Um, so welcome. Thank you. Thank and, you for having me. Oh, it's a thrill. And I'm just so excited I saw the movie tonight. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I'm a mom. I have two boys. I work in public relations. I, I started, my first job was in the city at a huge PR firm called Burson Marsteller. And after I got married, I said, I think I want to do this by myself. And uh, four months after I got married, I started my own business. That was over 25 years ago. I've been doing it ever since. Took a little break when I had my kids. Um, not break so much totally away from doing PR, but just uh, lessening the amount of clients. And I did a lot of medical and legal PR um, Pretty well, I'm pretty well known in the area that I'm in in North Jersey. I've just been around for so long. And then um, I'll tell you about my first entertainment client. I was at a political function, and this mom was telling me about her son that just won Beauty and the Geek. And she says, he wants to do something with this. And this was back when there weren't 20,000 reality shows on TV. So I said, you know, let me talk to him. So I did some work for him. He didn't follow through on a lot of it, uh, but it was, it was a great experience. And then I had another friend, and her daughter was on a reality show, and she says, my daughter wants to be an actress. And I says, well, you've got to do something with that 15 minutes of fame. And I ended up working with her for about six years. Uh, she ended up getting a few acting roles, but she really wanted a singing career, which the reality show really helped her launch, and she did make, had two songs on two uh, top 40 billboard, char billboard charts. And that's what sort of la launched your marketing in the entertainment world. Yeah, you just meet, you know, it's, it's just, you think entertainment's so big, but, you know, in, in New Jersey where I am and in, we're so close to New York, New York, you're just, you'd be amazed at who knows who. You got to watch everything you say because one person knows the other person. <laughs> and then I just started, you know, having people come up to me and say, can you help me? And I, I really liked it because I've always loved entertainment and movies and, and TV. So I'm, you know, I'm very happy that this is where I landed and that I was able to still do it with my children because there are so many moms that took some time off. And in public relations or any industry, when I started public relations, there was no Internet. I remember the first time when a client said, will you email me a document? I had to say, what? <laughs> so there's so much. And now, now in PR, it's so specialized because of the Internet, because of social media. And for someone that's just, you know, um, my age, trying to get into it, what a learning curve. And I'm just glad that I stuck in it, like with your, your morph mom. I think you, you have to stay in something if you plan on doing it in the future. How was the social media aspect to this as well? Because I'm sure that was all news well, between Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and I don't even know what, Snapchat. And well, you know, this is, I've done PR for, for movies before. And this was, it was an experience to watch because there were so many moving parts to this. You know, we had different social media. We had several different PR firms working on this. A lot of the producers were working on this. Anyone involved that can get fine, fine publicity for us was doing this. So there were social media people in certain cities that were doing social media. And what we did with this was we wanted to really start the buzz on the movie before the movie even got accepted into Sundance, which I think is what helped us get into Sundance because there was so much buzz about it before. And in fact, one of our producers came to us because Bloomberg had done an article on us, and that's how she came to see the movie. So as far as the social media, even in just your world with publicity and entertainment, mm -hmm. ha has that become a critical part of it, even prior to the movie? In marketing 
the yes. movie Equity? No, no, even prior to Equity, just with your company, with your business, oh. and promoting various entertainers. Is it as important, would you say, or how do you feel about that? Well, the ROI, the return on investment for social media, is very difficult to gauge, and that's the problem. You can spend hours and hours tweeting. You can spend hours and hours on Facebook, Instagram, and if it's not turning into sales, it depends on what your what you want out of that. If you want to grow your Twitters with your Twitter base with real fans, keep tweeting constantly. If that's what your return is, doesn't mean you're going to get more parts. Just means you're going to get more fans, which down the road could translate into more fans. Same thing. And I always tell my clients, pick two or three because you cannot possibly be on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter. You can't <laughs> it's be exhausting. Right? It's yeah, exhausting. Yeah. It's, yeah. Exa- it's a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, um, as this developed and your career sort of was now more focused on entertainment-based, um, how did you become involved with equity or was this your first time being involved with a movie and in the producer role? In the producer role, yes. I had done PR for a movie before. Um, I was producing a producer on a web series for Martha Byrne. She's an actress and she was producing a web series called Wait. It was actually, uh, you know, it's a, you produce pilots these days and you don't know where they land. They can become. They can go on the web. They can go become a pilot. You can shop it around. So we did a pilot for that, and I was a producer on that. And while I was doing that, I'm also involved in education. I had met, uh, gone to a seminar, and there was a woman, Candy, there talking about. She was on stage, and she was talking about education and talking about producing a web series. So of course, I went up to her <laughs> afterwards, and I said, "I'm also doing the same thing. You know, are you making any money? You know." <laughs> So we got to know each other, so we developed a connection, and um, I covered some of the other things that she was producing. I have an entertainment website, and so when she found this opportunity, I think I was the first person that she called. She said, Suzanne, I think this is something you might be interested in. So aside from a relative, I was the second, after, (laughs) after Candy, I was the second producer involved in this movie, because I just love the fact that it was being generated by women and that the major characters were women. It was just something that's, you know, when I was young, who did we see? We saw Marsha Brady, um, Mary Tyler Moore. We saw um, that girl. I mean, those are the roles models we have. So, you, you know, you might think, why is it important to see so many women in front of the screen? Well, it is important. And it's not that movies mimic reality, but they project reality and they project Uh, a reality for the people that are watching them. And young girls, they need to see on the screen that there are women working in these fields. And it's good to know now that there are more of those images for the women growing up now, but we still need to come a long way with this. I mean, there was just some, um, I think it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter did a study on the amount of speaking parts that women have in roles versus men, and it was something like 25% were women and 75% were men. Really? Wow. Yeah. like Even in this day and age. It's insane. Um, Had you ever considered being a producer. So when Candy approached you about this, is this something you'd thought about or just when was this the first time you'd ever even considered it? No, as I said, I was a producer on this um, pilot called, for, called Wait. Oh, I meant more like in the film industry, like as far in as the movies film were industry. concerned. Well, once, once you, in public relations, you always wear a lot of hats. So, and most, 
can't speak for every person in public relations, but there's always a book in us. We want to do <laughs> something right. else. It's just one of those things. So when I started getting involved in entertainment, and I like the people, I like the creativity of the people, which you lose some of that in public relations the way it is. Creativity in public relations was huge back in the old days because you had to really come up with the ideas and create them. And now it's more technological technological. So when I was in college, I was also a graphic design major. So I find in entertainment, it was like more of my peeps. It was creative people. It was people that would come up with an idea and say, I have that idea and I can make it work, which you don't find that a lot in a lot of other professions. And that's why I gravitated towards it. So when Candy first approached you and she said, so I've got this, this film, I've got this script, do you want to become involved? How does it work? Do you read the script? Like, how, how do you, what are the steps that you take to, to move forward with something like this? Well, the first thing you do, you, you read the script, but you have to sign a, a, dis, a non-disclosure agreement. I'm doing that right now for another script. Um, so you can't tell anyone about it. <laughs> and you read the script, and really what's on the script is going to probably be so different than what you actually see when the movie comes out. You read it because it's your picture in your head. It's not like a book where they're describing the exact room. They'll just say dark room or outside a building or city building. So it's, you, have to, you have to look at it. You, you pretty much you can read it very quickly because it's double-spaced. There aren't a lot of words on a page. You kind of get the general idea of what the script is about. But all the nuances don't really come out unless you read it over many different times until you see it on TV because there's so much visual about a movie especially since it's not in the script. So the thing that was closest to uh, what the movie ended up being like beforehand would be the director had vision boards. And that gave me a little bit more idea of what the movie will actually end up looking like. And so in reading the script, and it was women written by women, women based, women on Wall Street, what was the thing that really tugged at your heartstrings and said, I'm in? Like, I, I'm... This is my project. Well, I love the writer, Amy Fox. She's a professor at NYU. She did a fantastic job. She also does some plays. I've gotten to see her plays in, in New York City. She did another movie uh, called uh, Heights, a Merchant Ivy movie. So she had a, she had a background and experience. Uh, what really grabbed me about the film, I liked the script. I liked the script, but I liked the people. And I heard what the people wanted to do with the script and the way they wanted to market it, because you can have a great idea, and if you don't follow through with it, it's not going anywhere. And Alicia Tom, Alicia Reiner from Orange is the New Black, How to Get Away with Murder, Rosewood, she's on you know, so many better things. I just saw her on Masters of Sex. She's all over the place. And then there was Sarah Megan Thomas, and she d- did a movie herself with James Vanderbeek about crew called Backwards, which uh, Disney, I believe, is uh, distributing for her. They were two amazing women. I hate to use the word amazing. Everyone uses it. But when you heard what they, the way they motivated everyone and said, we're doing this, we're going to do this, our goal is to get it in Sundance. They didn't say, we're making a movie, we're going to see where it lands. They had a definite goal. And as a woman, we're all planners. So to hear that they had a plan. <laughs> to do list. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and I said that to them yeah. once and they said, well, you know, that's yeah. what we wanted. But, you know, your to-do list always doesn't always get done. <laughs> right. And I said, yeah, but you got the best things done on the to-do list. <laughs> I keep losing my to-do list. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest problem. Nothing gets done. 
Um, so, so you read through this and you're getting so excited. Um, and for those listening out there who have ever been interested in pursuing this field, what's the next step? So you're presented with the script, you're presented with the story behind it and the vision. N- now what happens? Well, that happens in... Uh, I can only speak for this film. I know other people do it other ways. Um, I actually went and, sp- and talked to some other people that were producing movies to see if I should go in on this because there is a monetary investment involved with producing. And I was told, don't do it. And I just disagreed with what I heard. And <laughs> okay, I said... I love that about you right now. <laughs> I, right? That's when success happens. When well, you go with your gut. I mean, I really believe that. I just said, I'm doing it yeah. anyway. And... Um, yeah, so so you, you, you put your money up, and then you what they did was they had a series of parties. Um, so I was in there. One of the relatives of the screenwriter was also in. Candy was in. And then we had a series of parties. And Alicia and Sarah were so well-connected they ha- that they had a lot of the actors and actresses that they know attending these parties. So you kind of got a feel of who they were thinking of to have in, have in, these, these, um, in the movie with them. And then you know you get a business plan because it is a business it's the business of making a movie so you get the business plan and you get updates a lot i'm on boards it's kind of like being on a board so you get updates of what they're doing all the time and then you know they will tell you um what's going on when they start casting so after they said yes we've got what we need we're going forward with it then they tell you what's going on, how many days they're shooting, where they're shooting. Um, some of the producers, like myself, got a cameo in the movie, which was absolutely great. What scene were you in? Okay. Just saw it today. Okay. Fabulous, everybody. Okay. I was in a boardroom, and I had to like look like a disgruntled investor. Oh. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I'm I on- remember you. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I said, that's not too hard. But if you look, if you watch the movie 10 times like I have, because I've seen it so many times, um, the acting part came was because they passed a tray of cookies around and the investors were all like, we're not taking any, eating any of those cookies. And in real life, I could not pass up a cookie. <laughs> so my, and wow. my, my son also is in that scene because the that's day before great. we shot the cameo, we shot it in, it was a day of filming down in Philadelphia because that's where most of the movie was shot in Philadelphia. We got some excellent tax credits down in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, um, and that's where Sarah's, Sarah was from. So the night before, two nights before, they uh, Candy called me up and said they need some men. Can you bring your son or your husband with you? So my son jumped at the chance to come, and so did my husband. My husband didn't make the cut, but my <laughs> younger son did. But a funny story, so they had to tell you what to wear. And I'm a behind-the-scenes person. I'm not an, an on-camera person. So they tell us what to wear. You have to be like a, an investment banker. And I've met investment bankers, and they're very well-dressed, and they don't have big dangly earrings or anything. I brought like the most librarian looking suit I possibly can find my son who's 22 and a very sharp dresser brings his stuff my son my gets gets dressed up in what he thought was appropriate my husband wore his business casual so the costume the costumer uh, Teresa came over when we were before the scene was going to be shot to check out what we were wearing she looks at my son she gives him two thumbs up she looks at my husband she gives him two thumbs up she looks at me what else do you have? (laughs) 
Luckily, I had brought a shirt that I would normally wear that had bold graphic prints on it, and she said, put that one on. So needless to say, I took that outfit that I wore, that I was going to wear, and I will never wear it again. <laughs> that was really cute. Sorry. Yeah. So it's interesting. So as a producer, so you were able to do the cameo, what, do you have any creative license as well? Like, what does it entail? Because actually, so Lisa and I just saw the, the film, and for those of you listening, welcome tonight. It's Morph Mom Moments, and I'm here with my co-host, Lisa Berkeley. And our ever-amazing guest, Suzanne Curry, co-producer of the ever-amazing film, Equity. It really is phenomenal. We just saw it. And it's a nail-biting, on-the-edge-of-your-seat thriller about women on Wall Street, which is such a unique idea, just in general, that the women are the spotlight of this movie and the women are involved in the thrilling you know, action of this movie. Um, and we're talking to Suzanne about being a producer. And... Is there creative license? So we were discussing it. So what does that involve? Besides, like you said, there's some, you know, there's a financial interest in as well. And, and you're, you're up to date with what's going on. But if you, let's say, which I'm sure you did not, but if there's a disagreement with something or you have a suggestion, like how does that play into it? Well, there's also different levels of producers. Um, so Candy Straight, she's the executive producer. Um, you can have say, but the say, whatever you say has to fit what, what you're talking about. For instance, a lot of the producers were, co-producers like myself, were female investment bankers. So some of them had a lot of say in the movie. I'm not a female investment banker, so I could not say that's not the outfit she's <laughs> supposed to be wearing. That's not how her hair is supposed to be. She would never say that. But our co-producers were pretty involved in making sure that a lot of the aspects of Anna Gunn, her wardrobe, the way she walked, the way she talked, were close to reality. It's still entertainment. And a lot of these investment bankers would say, just keep in mind it's entertainment. So it doesn't exactly duplicate an investment banker. But I will tell you, and the New York Times covered this also, that so many of the, since the investors behind this were investors and co-producers, were female investment bankers, they lent a certain amount of credibility to the movie because they did say this would never happen, that would never happen. And even they will even correct some of the things that you do see on screen right now because it's it's still entertainment but they did have say in making it look making sure that it was similar to what would happen on during an IPO or on a trading floor. And again so equity is based on it's really a, a female I, movie. Yeah, I, I think we should give a summary to the listeners without giving the whole movie just so they have an idea. I don't know if you can do that sure. because I was on the edge of my seat. I'm not kidding. This movie is amazing. Everyone should go see it. And I have very little background. Like as I said, I was a lawyer and probably not the best one because they didn't want me back. So my my level of knowledge in this world is very limited. But it was for that should not be a re- like I, I completely was, was, understood yeah. what was happening, and I it was like a thriller. Regardless of what the content was, it was a complete thriller. You had no idea which way this was going to end. It is a thriller, and there, you know, some of the Wall Street films I saw, was it The Big Short? Mm-hmm. I had to sit and think while I was watching that movie. So you do need some level. Well, equity is, can be watched by anyone and can be understood because it's a story about relationships. It's a story about relationships and working women. To, I know a lot more about an IPO than I did before. But even not knowing that, you would a person would enjoy the movie because it's it's spelled out in a way that you would understand what's going on. And even if you don't understand all of the intricacies of what an IPO is, you can definitely tell what's going on when that IPO comes out. And the movie is about um, Naomi Bishop, played by Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad. She also plays. She's also in Sully. 
uh, the new movie Sully. Wonderful, wonderful lady, kind and personable. Uh, she plays Naomi Bishop. She plays a female investment banker, and she, to prepare for the part, she did. She went to Goldman Sachs, and they did a mock IPO with her, so she understood more of it. It's you know getting into the role. So she's an investment banker. She takes a tech company called Cache Public. Cache is a one of these Silicon Valley type companies that has some new way to keep all of your Instagram photos and everything private. So that's the premise of the movie. She's taking the company public. But because it's Wall Street, whether it's male or female, it's everyone's out for money. And things happened. And you really root for her to do well with this IPO, but I'm not going to give it away. Perhaps it doesn't turn out the way she wanted to, or perhaps it does, because there's a lot of other people that work with her, and everyone has their own interests, and you never know who you can trust, and that's what makes for good suspense. That's what I thought the most fascinating part about this was. It's, so there were women and ma- female and male roles involved in this, in the movie and the interaction that goes on. And I think... It just depicted so many different personalities along the way, and you could relate to each one. And you, so as, there were certain female characters that you were rooting for, and you thought, although they were strong, they were honest, and they were above board. And then there were others that you you thought were kind, and sort of you might have questioned their intentions, but not like the way they went about it might have been a little bit more devious. And every character is so relatable. That's what I thought about this. So as you're watching them, and you can almost see them sort of using their strengths to excel knowing what they're better at than others may be in certain situations and when you all we're not revealing more because you all need to go out and see the movie to see to understand what we're saying but i think it was fascinating to see the many different uh personas of the female characters and what strengths they used to excel and to get ahead Yes, and that was done on purpose. This was, as again, here goes the to-do list. They purposely had different kinds of characters they wanted to portray. They wanted to have Naomi Bishop. That was the role model type person. Then they wanted to have Erin. They wanted her struggle to be that she got pregnant. And working at any job, it's very hard to, get, be, hard to be pregnant when you're fighting to get to that next level. Then they had uh, someone that was in it. Uh, they had Alicia Reiner's character. Uh, Samantha, who was the DA, who uh, the backstory on her is that she used to work in narcotics. So she's someone that was out there in a mission really trying to do good, and now she was catapulted into the world of investment banking. Um, So you had three distinct characters, and she was also a lesbian, and that's something that they did on purpose because they wanted to show all types of people in the movie and she was married and she has two kids so they mapped out we want to show all these different kind of people because that's who's in it that being said there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where Naomi walks into the elevator and she's surrounded by men and that is because that's reality also Mm -hmm. there are very few women so they did pick women and they also picked uh, certain men for certain reasons and one of the things they did which I heard from the female investment bankers that uh, were co-producers with myself that Many, quite often the women will have a man that's a mentor towards them. And that's where we had the James Norton character from Devil Wears Prada on the golf course. So she was Naomi's mentor. And so that's where we had the mentor come in. So every character was very carefully chosen. And incredibly relatable. So as I said, we just went to see the movie. And there were six women and six mothers, actually, who went to see it. And a number of the women who were there have either sons or daughters currently in that field. 
And it was a fascinating conversation. We walked out of that thinking, do women need to behave in a certain way? Do men need to behave in a certain way? And it really sparked an interesting conversation. Like, how far do you have to go? And when is it too far? And I thought one of the interesting, as far as pregnancy and, and relatable to me, I went to law school, barely, <laughs> barely graduated, but knew I was going to go the criminal course, knew I wanted to be a prosecutor. And I was a juvenile prosecutor and I landed exactly where I wanted to be because it's rehabilitative and you work with the prosecutors and the defense works together and it's like a team trying to help the kids and just got it and I found out I was pregnant. And it, when I was watching, I, I was just thinking I didn't want to tell anybody and I was so sick and pretending everything was fine and loosening right. my zipper on my right. skirt and the next week loosening my zipper on my skirt and never right. thinking I would tell anybody because I did not want this to in any way affect where I was because I thought the minute they found out, I'm done. They're not going to keep me here. Well, fast forward 20 years and we're still struggling with that. Yeah. It's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's no different. And that's kind of a shame. Even though in the movie, I love how you portrayed all the women. They were they were just different than, say, 20 years ago for us to be in. I mean, they, they were confident. And I love the whole premise of being okay that I'm here to make money. I mean, it was just a different way. And I look at my daughter's 22 she's in the finance business and her and and her her career will be so different than mine and also i think what you said how you stayed in it to stay a little bit in it while you're raising your kids it will be a totally different outcome for her and how hard was that for you to do you know, it, when I look back on it, and when I started my own business, it was because I was commuting into New York, and I'm not a morning person. <laughs> and then I worked in New Jersey, and I was a vice president in an advertising ag- uh, advertising firm there. And I said, you know, I really could do this myself. Um, I would like to do it myself. I like the freedom. I really wasn't thinking six or seven years later when I have kids, this would be the ideal situation. Right. Okay. But it turned out for me, it was the yeah. ideal situation. So I was very happy that ha- that happened. But even so, I had $15 an hour babysitters that would come in and watch my kids and they'd still be banging on my office door. So, and there were times when you want to spend time with your kids, you want to go to their ball games. So you're still rearranging everything around your kids. As I, I interviewed um, Amy Freed. She's a reporter on Channel 7 News, and she said it right. She said, you can't have one priority. You have a priority at different times, even different times during the day. Mm -hmm. So at one point, you know, it could be your kid and getting to that baseball game, and the next time it's getting that assignment done for your client. Mm -hmm. And I hope hope it's easier for your daughter. I I hope so, too, because, uh, you know, we want to say that I mean, I think it's difficult for our generation to have the balance. It was real. It's really hard. Will it be different for my daughter? I, I, I hope so. I hope. I think. And we were talking about this after the movie. How um, just even the internet alone, they can work from home so much more easier than we could. I mean, we didn't have that option. You know what? You're not in the office. Oh, I'm sorry. You're fired. You know, <laughs> so, you know, they have the option of maybe having flex time. And I, I hope it changes. Yeah. And there's a point in the movie, and I'm not giving anything away, where one of the characters is looking at an article and it says you can't have it all. And yes. it, it just really touches pulls your heartstrings and hits your stomach when you see Wait, that what, what did it say exactly do you oh, remember I think the, the title said right you it can, was on the phone she was yeah like, she was yeah, on the phone in the like, cab we all caught it yeah yeah 
It wasn't hard to find an article like that. Yeah. No, there are so many articles. It like says that. you can have it all, right. you know, as far as a working woman, and you know, and that was a turning point for the character in the movie in a big way. We yeah. won't say what happens, but it was yeah. just like a kind of a wake up call for her. Like, but that's also been the wait, message. I, w- I want that. I want it all. Right. You know? And it's been a message that's been ingrained in us for so many years. That you, oh, no, you couldn't possibly do that. But that was part of the reason behind Morph Mom, too. Well, you know, first of all, what is the definition of having it all? Right. And definition to begin of with, success right? for that. Right. That, right. Yeah. I think that definition morphs in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But then someone telling you that you can't have it all, I think, is, is you know, the... the the reason to try and go out and do it and say, wait a minute, no, you can't tell me that I can't have it all and you can't decide for me what it all means. I, in turn, am going to decide that for myself. Well, I think it's necessary for women that have been through this. I mean, you know, my mom, people, the women didn't really have careers back then. Um, you know, they, they, they went to work, but it was because they needed to work at some kind of store, retail job or something like that. It was more um, uh, the next generation of, um, I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers, where they actually had careers. So I think a lot of what we do has to help the next generation because it wasn't easy for us and it's not as e- it's not much easier than we thought it would be. So I think it's up for us and ladies our age to change the legislation to help the, ch- the young girls coming up. Uh, one of our co-producers, Barbara Byrne, was telling a story that um, she got she, when she got pregnant there was no time off and she told the story I, and I hope I'm getting a correct about some guy that was having some kind of surgery done like on his foot or something and they gave him paid time off and she said I'm bringing a new person into the world and you're not giving me paid time off and they gave her paid time off well I think that's what's so important about this movie Equity and for those of you joining us tonight welcome uh, it's more mom moments with my co-host Lisa Burgery. And our guest tonight, Suzanne Curry, and it's an absolute honor to have you here tonight, one of the co-producers of Equity. And I think that's what's so important about this movie. And, and just, it's the topic everywhere, right? About what, it, It's everywhere you go right now. What women, it was always what women couldn't do. And now I think it's what women can do. And I think Equity is so supportive of that in general, too. Again, women writers, women producers, women actresses, women based. And I think that just that the focus is on women on Wall Street to begin with. We, you know, the Michael Douglas movie of Wall Street many years ago and Wolf on Wall Street. And you may have seen, and I loved those movies. I absolutely loved them. But a glimpse of a female here or there. But this, but Melanie equity. Griffith. Oh, amazing Melanie Griffith. But equity really refocuses the camera on the women. Too, these three women are so strong. They think and act like men. And I think it's like really, really interesting. And they have an edge with you'll see in the movie i think with their women touch or sensuality it really is so interesting how it changes the dynamics of business and we we a part of the marketing of this movie was having panel discussions afterwards and we've had some really heavy hitters um i probably am getting the wrong name but former CEO of Merrill Lynch, I think, did one of our panel discussions, and we have these amazing women on Wall Street doing these. And these are we had a group from the Rutgers Business School, and these were the topics of conversation that we had after that, after these movies. What, what would they say? What were some of the things you guys discussed? Well, it's, it's the same thing that you're bringing up, and what you said about the women almost acting like men, and what do you call a woman that almost acts like a man? 
So we we all said, you know, that that is, you can say it's acting like a man, but you're just doing business. But women yeah. are perceived in a different way. And men may be likable even if they do that. But once the women do that, they're not likable and they're called another word. Right. So right. that was right. a big thing. That was a big topic of discussion, the likability factor. perspective for women. And, like, it's okay to be this way. And why not? You're in business. You're doing the same job as them. And why not, you know, play their game? You know, that's how I looked at it. And with the panel discussions, what was the perception about that? Did people feel that women should be behaving differently? How did they come out at the end of the discussion? Well, there were a lot of different type discussions. There were there were Q and A's that Sarah and Alicia did. We did a lot of those in the city. There were some done in L.A. Then there's some done in New Jersey. And Candy and I did some, and down in some of the co-producers did it. So it really depended on who the person doing the Q and A was. When Candy and I would do with the Q and A, it depended on the audience also and who the presenter was. We also did one with um, Tom Bernard, the president of, of Sony, down in um, Red Bank. Alicia was at that, and Candy and myself were at that. So the questions range from why did you do this in that scene to why did you pick this person, um, I don't understand, why did that happen, to, um, well, is that really the way things are in, on Wall Street? And then you, when you get, like we had the women from Rutgers Business School, they could not get enough out of, they could not ask enough questions. We had to cut them off because they were watching it and they were like, this is what I want to do. This is what mm-hmm. we're doing. We need to know from you. Please tell us what we're in for, what we have to do. <laughs> and, right. and we were just joking. We're like, we'll send someone down there to give you a seminar. But it is sparking conversations so, so like that. this is a focus group that you do before the movie comes out? No, this is after the movie. Oh, after, I mean, obviously. After, after so the movie then, came out, yeah. So, and then you take this information and do what with it? We don't really do it. It's just perception. It's, it's perception. It's, it's a value added. It's, it's adding to the conversation about the movie. I mean, because so many movies you see, these sequels and Spider-Man, are you gonna talk, what are you going to talk about? about that movie so it's maybe the conversation that you would have in the car with your girlfriends we're bringing that into the theater with you no this you movie, movie sparks so much conversation we, we walked out smart thought provoking movie that everyone should say I really I really believe that so Lisa and I were just at the movie as I said with four other women we were stunned the, the, we sat the, there and this, talked this about credits it. were still mm-hmm. running Everyone was in a full-blown conversation about it. Every single person there, either discussing their own situation or their own experience with it or that of their children's, and both sons and daughters, what their perception would be, how are they perceived. Um, but I, I want to ask you, Suzanne, I forgot to mention this before. So when this movie came to be and you became involved as a producer, what happens next with the movie? So the goal was, as you said, the writer said, we want to get this to Sundance. So, and I was thinking about this, so... When you get involved, this is the goal. The goal is to, at, at least with this film in particular, it was to get it to Sundance? It was to get sold. I think that's <laughs> okay. the, the goal for money. of every movie. <laughs> right. is money is not a dirty sold. word, as the it movie says. It's not a dirty word. It was to get sold. And <laughs> but their plan was reach for the stars and get into Sundance because all the different film festivals have different genres and different specialties. And we knew that this movie would be ripe for Sundance. And we also made use of... Everyone that was working on the film, if they had a contact, Sarah and Alicia were not afraid to say, can you help us with that? Can you help us, help us with this? And, you know, it's uh, the, the movie was shot in 26 days. We did some extra shooting in New York. It was done pretty much within budget. 
Um, but it was, uh, it was Sarah and Alicia were, and the editors worked really hard getting it done for Sundance because it was done very quickly, and we wanted to time it with the year. We had a feeling that there might be a woman running, so there would be a lot of conversation about women in the workplace. So we timed it with that, and it's out in theaters now, and I think the timing was perfect. So you made it to Sundance, and then can you explain what happened with Sundance and and even just the experience of Sundance? Well, we were all thrilled when it got into Sundance. We had had a fallback film festival, but we really wanted to get Sundance, so we were all super excited, and we all were like, we're all going. I mean, the first time (laughs) they said we want to get into Sundance, there was maybe two people that said, yeah, I'll go, and then all of a sudden when we got in, Everyone was going to Sundance, so it was crazy getting the tickets and getting us there, and we got into Sundance, and I, I think I got in there, it, it's, I think it's two weeks, I got in there midweek, so I missed all the, the opening ceremonies, but you know, the first con- phone call I, what I got was, we're in talks with Sony. And wow. then how exciting it, it was, was that moment? It was very it was exciting. so exciting. It was very exciting, because then yep. you just take a deep breath. Because it hadn't even shown yet, and it was already sold. So thank you, Sony Pictures Classic. (laughs) (laughs) I think Sony is saying thank you to you guys because it's an amazing movie, and they're lucky they have it. I hope so. We still have we have the DVD coming out December thirteenth. It's still in a few theaters in New York, Lincoln, Lincoln Center, I think Sag Harbor, and we're also in uh, Greenberg, which is near White Plains up in New York. And it's not just limited to New York City right now, right? It's still playing in some theaters across the country. It did come out the last week in August, and we've had a very nice run. Um, But it's doing very well in the New York area, especially because this is where people are interested in Wall Street. And also in Australia. Didn't it just open in Australia as well? It was in Australia, and it was in Hong Kong. It was in London for a little while. Mm -hmm. So it it made the round. So, So, Suzanne, what would you say is the most... I guess one of the most exciting parts of being involved with equity or the something that's made you feel m- one of the most proud moments, I guess, you have of being involved with this film. Really, I've always, you know, I grew up with Ms. Magazine. So the fact, you know, if this was a bunch of men that said, I want you involved in this movie, I don't think I would have been, ex- I would have been excited. But the fact that it was all these women, these successful women, that's really what drew me into it. It wasn't even the fact that it was Wall Street because, you know, my mother invested in the, my mother had a little business in the stock market. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the financial world. So it wasn't the content of the movie. It was the excitement of the movie. It was the story of the movie. Movies are about storytelling. So it, it just happened to be set in Wall Street, but it also had another message to it. And the fact that it was written by a woman, produced by a woman, directed by Mira Minan, fantastic. She's going places. She did an incredible job, such a hard worker. I mean, that's what I wanted to be involved in. That was my most proudest moment to be able to say, look at all these women that made this film. And it, it truly is a woman-based Like, as you're watching it, you feel connected with all of these characters. But it's still good for men to see. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Well, well, I would think your sons are, like, you are definitely empowering for women, and I wonder how that affects your son's viewpoint of of women. Well, it's funny you say that, because when you're, when you're working and you have children, you're constantly feeling guilty when you're with your children that you're not working, or maybe not so much, but when you're with your, with your not work, when you're working and you're not with your kids. So my kids always saw me huddled over the computer at working, you know, and they'll, they'll be doing what they're doing, or mommy's saying, I have to go to a meeting. 
But then I looked at it now, and I realized I see some of the other women that I know that did not do what I did or went down a different path, and I see my kids coming to me and getting excited about what they're doing and asking me questions. Like, my son is involved in music, and he knows I... You know, I've done PR for some music, some musicians, so we'll connect on that level. And my son, who's in law school, there's lawyers in this film, and he was very excited about this film, and he asked me about it, and I bring him to things. I brought them to some of the parties. So it's also a way to connect with your children through your work, and that I never thought would happen. So that was like a pleasant surprise. Well, I think they're always watching. You know, they're always, and they're probably very proud of you, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure they are. They are. <laughs> I actually can't wait. So I have a 20-year-old, almost 21-year-old daughter. I cannot wait for her to watch this film. I, I can't because I, I really think it is empowering. I think it's very honest. It's very real. Incredibly empowering. But I think at the same time, it, it, it really shows what it's like. Like you have to be tough. You have to, you have to it's not for everybody. Right. It's empowering, but it also is scary because yeah. it's reflecting mm. the reality that's out there. Yes. Especially, I think, for this field. I mean, I right. think right. It's, it's, you know, right. We, we all sat there. We were like, wow, why would anybody want to do this? <laughs> it's a very stressful job, I mean, to be on Wall Street. And you don't understand the pressure. My husband's in the business, and I think I had a new appreciation for, for the pressure. I don't see that side when he comes home. I know. You know, I don't understand how much there's anxiety. A, there's a line in the movie where James Norton says, well, you know, she asks, you know, did you care or whatever? And he says, well, you know, I never gave a shit. And all of the females investment bankers that heard that movie, they said, heard that line, they said, that's not true. He did. You can't succeed in business like that without caring. Mm-hmm. It may, you may say it's right. rolling off your shoulders. And James Perfoy, who was actually, he was wonderful. I met him at Sundance. Um, he was wonderful. And he said, you know, his line was, you know, we let it off our shoulders. We don't take it internally. And that's true to a point. They do let it run off their shoulders a little mm-hmm. more, but they also do take it internally or they couldn't get where they were. Where they, right. where but they they, there is, a, I think, a moment in the film where he says, I think it's the character Michael says to her, well, you're just internalizing it. Like women, inter- we do. Women internalize so much more than men. Men are able to put it in a little compartment and say, okay, that's that, that's that. Where I know I run things through my head over and over and over. Well, what did I say? Well, what did I do? Why do you think, you know, where it has nothing to do with me that that person's reacting? Why do we do that to and ourselves? That line, it's so much more emotional and stressful. And I remember I think, that line was about what that. she wears to the meeting. It was something oh, about a dress. It could have been the dress I wore. The dress she yes. wore to the meeting, and she she that they didn't like me, right? And she deliberated, and it really bothered her, and went over and over in her head about a dress that she had worn. But that was that could be, but also that was put in there to say that they commented on her dress, right. and that was the problem with that's her that day. They didn't like her dress. Yeah, and that's an you, inappropriate thing to be judged on your. A dress and, a woman wears. And a man, man would not be judged And a man would that. not be judged on what type of soupy, suit he has, most definitely. But it's yeah. a fascinating, that's why I think this film is so fascinating. I think it touches upon, it just touches upon so many different arenas in this so world. I'm curious, what do men think of this film? 
Well, my husband loved it. Okay. No, we, you know, we, it's curious because when I, I've gone to some, several of the showings in the city and I look at the audience to see what the demographics are of the audience. And first of all, it's skewing towards people that go to the theater because there's very few people that go to the theater and that's the problem with theaters these days that the audience is changing because the millennials are not going yes. to the theater at night. Mm-hmm. So you have to take it with, you know, have to, keeping that in mind who is sitting there watching it. So it is, um, couples, there were groups of women, and there were groups of men watching it. And I did not hear, I heard some men say, oh, we didn't look too good in that movie. But I heard other older men say, this was a fascinating movie. So it's, it's you know, it might be made by women. And I think on the Broad Street Pictures, and that's the production company, Sarah Elise's production company, I think one of the lines on there was made by chicks, or not, <laughs> but not just for chicks. Something to that effect. <laughs> And that was the whole point. It was made by chicks, but it's making making movies for everyone. And I don't I don't necessarily think it was a negative personification of male roles, especially her role model. And again, those of you going to see this movie, you'll see there's an instance where she, where the main character meets with an ex role model of hers, and I think he's very helpful. And I think he, I don't think it necessarily is negative. I think it shows both sides of everyone. That's what I kind of liked about it. I think it showed the good, you know, the good and the bad. In everybody, and you kind of took away from each character what you wanted to. You you were sort of given you were given the power to judge the situation, how someone behaves in a certain situation. That's the way I sort of felt about it. I think some people might have considered uh, someone's behavior inappropriate, whereas I may have considered it the right thing to do and the only thing to do at that time. That's what I thought was compelling about it too. Was it really gave you the power to decide? Or the power to, to really think about the situation and was it correct or not correct or ethical or not ethical. And, and that's part, it's part of good storytelling. I, when I was talking to James Purfoy out at Sundance, he plays Michael, I says, well, you were the evil character. And he <laughs> said, well, I wouldn't exactly call it evil. I just took, took advantage of opportunities that came my way. Well, that's what I mean. So I think someone could look at that in a different way and say, you know what, in that situation, I would have done the same thing. I didn't technically cross any lines or someone else may have thought that's horrific how could you have done that but that's what i think this movie is so enticing and it's so exciting that it it not only is it a thriller but you're 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 thinking you're ethically thinking you're considering what moral judgment you would have made in any given situation as the movie progresses and that's what i also found really exciting about the movie and it's also one of those movies just like any complicated movie or wall street movie where if you watch it the second time because I know you both saw the movie today, and you, you saw what happened. You're probably thinking, not, I won't say the character's name, but why? Like, it was pos- within the realm of possibility. When you see the movie the second time, then you'll see all the seeds that were planted, mm-hmm. even in, like, the first scene of the movie. And then you'll understand, oh, that's what <laughs> happens. Yeah, and I, I don't think you come out thinking anybody's terrible, anybody's great. Like, I, that's what I really liked about it. I think it shows... A dichotomy in each person, well, each well, character. One was really human. terrible. Well, okay, one was bad. But besides Good looking one, but terrible. <laughs> that's true. But besides, I mean, that's life too, right? It's every day it's a decision that you make. And how are you going to make that decision? Is it a moral decision? Is it a work? T- I, I don't know. I don't know how you go about doing it. But I just loved that it encompassed. There were so many different perspectives of every scene. That's what I thought was really exciting. Um, and... Suzanne, before, we're, oh my God, I can't believe we're almost up with this interview and I have so many more questions to ask you. First, I have to say, I loved this movie, Equity. You all need to go see this movie, Equity, immediately. 
I promise you, it is an amazing woman. It is an amazing story about women and men and Wall Street. It's a thriller. It will get you thinking. It will make you, it will force you to, to really think hard about ethically what the right decision is and what's not. It, it really, and it makes you think beyond, I think when you leave a theater and you're still considering those questions, it says something about the movie. Um, but Suzanne, before we go, and, I, and again, co-producer of Equity, um, I want you to also talk about how people can see what you have going on as well. So uh, to get to your website and, and whatever it is else you want to um, talk about today. Sure. Well, I'm also involved in another show. It's, it's streaming on Amazon. It's called The Other F Word. And it's produced by a woman, directed and written by a woman. And it's kind of like a sex in the city, but with women in their 40s and 50s. And it's streaming on Amazon now. And it's, it's, it's a great, it's really a great series. Um, and it's, please go, please go see it and review it. It's free, so watch that. And so, looking at some other scripts. Um, and oh, your website? Yes, I have a website. It's called Suzy Behind the Scenes. S U Z E E Behind the Scenes dot com. And on it, I interview a lot of the entertainment clients that I have. I talk a little bit about doing good and people that are doing good for charity. I talk a lot about the movie. I have a lot of behind the scenes interviews. I've got some interviews on there with some of the real housewives of New Jersey um, and some other up and coming actors. And please check it out. Please check it out. Suzanne, it was an absolute honor to have you on tonight. Um, and Lisa, thank you for being my co-host. Um, I cannot encourage you all enough to go out and see Equity. Again, it's playing in different theaters throughout New York City right now. It's around the country as well in certain cities. It's in Australia. It just opened, I think, right recently. It's there now. Um, and Check I, the website. And what is the website? That was going to ask Sonypictures.com, I think, slash equity. But type in equity. It'll come up really quickly. Amazing reviews. Deservedly so. And I promise you, promise you, promise you, go with a group because it's really fun to discuss it afterwards and discuss how many different pieces each of you will take away from it. Again, it's equity. It's amazing. Suzanne, you're amazing. Thank you. Please come back again. I will. Um, and the movie will be out on DVD. And again, what was the date? December 13th. Makes a great holiday gift. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect gift under the tree. I'll see you all next Thursday night. More from our moments. Thank you for joining us. See you then. Good night. Hi, I'm Danny Iowa. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Hi, I'm Janice Ian. Do you remember how excited you were at the start of summer every year and how the summer just started to drag on after a few months and you couldn't wait to get back to school, see your old friends, make new friends, get new books and a new locker and a clean slate? Well, you should have been excited about music class, too, because that was a special room where you went to sing, 
perform with your friends, and learn all kinds of interesting stuff about great composers, instruments, different kinds of music and songs. We remember our music teachers because they were so passionate about helping us learn to love music. They helped to spark a love for listening to notes and voices and rhythms that continues to enrich our lives even today. I bet your kids feel the same way about music class. Ask them, and make sure they get involved with music in school and in their lives. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, and the National Anthem Project, the campaign to restore America's voice through music education. Music, part of a sound education. Voted number one 